from Dr. Peter Pronovost. You're listening to Micro Moments with Peter. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Micro Moments with Peter. We are thrilled and extremely proud to welcome Dr. Deborah Leisman to the podcast today. Uh, Dr. Leisman is an internal medicine provider at UH Minoff Health Center and an associate professor with Case Western School of Medicine. She was recently recognized by Press Ganey as a 2022 Human Experience Pinnacle of Excellence Award winner. This award recognizes providers who are exhibiting the highest level of standards in patient experience for at least three years in a row. And Dr. Leisman has routinely and consistently performed at the highest level of patient experience for at least the last 15 years. So we are thrilled to have her here. Um, and I will turn it over to Peter, who um, will ask some questions of Dr. Leisman and and uh, see what her secret sauce to um, all this success in patient experience over the last 15 years. Thank Peter? you, Kelsey. And Dr. Leisman, thanks for being with us. And congratulations on just your amazing award. You know, so often in healthcare, we focus on our mistakes or errors and yet all around us are pockets of brilliance that we often don't learn from, and they're much more informative often. And Dr. Leisman, you're one of those. I mean, that award is just breathtaking. And when I think about what we're trying to do in quality, we often use this phrase that the secret of high quality care is love. And, and we define love as an energy that uplifts and connects. And that's lived in micro moments of positive connection between two people. And as I read the description of your award and the comments of your patients, you create these beautiful micro moments of love every day. And so I'd love to hear from you about what is your sauce? How do you do that? Because we know every system is designed to get the results that it gets. And you clearly have a, a, a faith system or an emotional system or a care system that allows you to give breathtaking care. So please enlighten. Um, thanks, Peter and Kelsey. I appreciate that introduction. Uh, it's really hard for me to put into words kind of what I do, but I think I feel really lucky that I get to do what I get to do. I love people and I really love my patients. I'm so lucky to be involved in their care and I really want to help them. I want them to be better. I want them to be able to achieve what I want to achieve. And they share with me their stories. They share with me about their families. They share with me what's going on. And I share their highs and I share their lows. And I want them to get to a place where they can enjoy everything. And it really comes from a place of compassion and, and really genuine love. Um, I really... I was thinking about how could I present this and how could I pick a patient for you to talk about? And it felt like I was picking my favorite child and I have three daughters, so I wouldn't do that. And uh, a, a wise woman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because, uh, um, uh, because I really love all my patients and they each have their own humanity and they each have their own issues. And I'm so privileged that they trust me enough that they bring to me um, their issues, their problems, what gets in the way of their being successful at, you know, exercising, losing weight, um, being happy or what, you know, whatever it is, or, you know, if they have depression, if they're sad and I pay attention, I love to observe, I love to watch and I see kind of not only what they're telling me, but I watch how they're acting. I watch what they're doing. I watch if they're late. 
I never turn away a patient who's like 10 minutes late because it's so friggin' hard to get to our offices. I would never do that, you know, between the parking. I know I, I can be late. And so I would never turn a patient away who's my patient. I would never do that. And um, I, I just, I really am passionate about kind of the, the patients when they come to see me and finding their humanity. I don't think I do anything so special. My North Star is always um, patient care. My North Star is always, I want you to be better. And I think when you're guided by that and kind of, and, and I really mean it because I like you and I find something that I like about you. I always joke and say, I never want to meet the people who I don't, not, don't think I would like because as soon as I meet them, I'll find something to love about them. And so as soon as I talk to them, we'll find a connection and we'll find something we have in common. Yeah, thank you. Let me un unpack a few of the sentiments that you said because they're so powerful. Uh, one is this uh, gratefulness for the gift of being to care for your patients and it seems to give you positive energy. But the other deep message that I heard in you is um, what we might call agape or unconditional love. Or, you know, when I get reports back from patients, you know, the patient experience reports up to me, one of the quite common complaints is that patients will sometimes feel their clinicians have contempt for them or they judge them. Like you didn't lose weight or you're overweight or whatever the issue is. I have substance use problems. And, and that contempt is a huge barrier for them getting better. I mean, they just check out and, and it seems like your philosophy is to always see good, you know, even if they don't lose the weight or they don't, you know, they don't adhere to this, that you're non-judgmental and maybe I'll speak to that a little bit, Deb, because it seems like, I think it's, uh, and I would put forth that not only did you win the award, I would predict your outcomes are much better because when you have when you're judgmental, it there's pretty good data that people uh, do much worse. Yeah, and um, that's really interesting. I was I was thinking about that in terms of kind of what were kind of the qualities. First of all, I'm so lucky to work in an academic environment because I'm always learning. I learn from my patients. I learn from my students. I just taught prevention to my medical students. I always learn from them. I learned from my residents, but I also learned from my daughter. My middle daughter worked for Boston Healthcare for the Homeless for four years as a nurse. And she really helped inform me about my judgment of kind of patients who had addictions and that how you have to meet them where they are and that you can really make a difference if you find some common humanity and that the fact that they come into the office is huge, that they made it there. You're going to celebrate that. And she really helped me. And I will tell you, all three of my daughters are in healthcare, which I think is kind of, two of them are going to be doctors and one's going to be a nurse practitioner. Congratulations. Yeah, I think it's partially, I joke because I didn't complain enough at home. But when, <laughs> when I thought about this, I thought, because they know I love my patients. They know that because I get gifts and I, you know, and I tell them I love my patients and I, you know, I just really share I, that I feel so lucky about what I get to do. Hmm. Um, but I, I, I don't know how to, I think I've been, I've learned to be better about that, Peter, because I think I've made the head periods where I was more judgmental. And I don't think I'm, in no way do I think, in no way do I think I'm deserving of this award. And in no way do I think I'm that good at it because I'm always trying to make it better. And going to conferences and going to motivational interviewing sessions and learning through that, I think I've improved my skills. But I always think that, um, I think I can do better. One of my patients, um, who was in hospice, 
I said to her, you know, it's been such a privilege to care for you. I feel so lucky we've had this relationship. And she said, you know, when I first met you, I thought you were really bossy. And I was so <laughs> taken aback. But I, you know, I thought I got to take that to heart and I got to be more careful about that, you know? Um, yeah, that's so. fantastic. Hey, Deb, maybe um, speak a minute about what motivational interviewing is because you're right, it's an approach, you know, that allows you to care for people, not judgmentally and, and meet them where they are, but not everyone may know what that is. So motivational interviewing is trying, in my mind, Peter, a lot of what it is, is keeping quiet, letting the patient get to the point where they figure out how to fix themselves and then supporting them in that process. That's how I would describe it. Because Perfect, I yeah. love to give people, I love to be bossy and tell them what to do. But I think motivational interviewing is telling myself, don't talk, don't talk, don't talk, and let them get there and prompt them to get to what they think the barriers are so that then they will embrace them themselves. Right. And Dr. Leisman, you don't judge them and they feel that you believe that they could get better. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to be believing that they're a failure. And right. it's clear. Uh, so be be beautiful. You know, one uh, additional question is I uh, listen to you speak. Uh, one of the other emotions that I'm seeing is this deep joy from this work. And practicing medicine, I have to tell you, is hard. I mean, we're our EMR is clunky and clumsy and frustrating and all the, even though I do quality, all the clicks you have to do for quality. And and then, I mean, there's a lot of frustrators and yet the, you're beaming joy in, in, as we talk here today. And tell me a little bit about where that comes from, because I think if we could have more clinicians tap into that, it may uh, really help us with some re resiliency and burnout. That's uh, funny you said that. My husband did say to me, you've got perfect scores in spite of a system that's not perfect. Great. <laughs> and um, I just, I really think I am lucky to deal with patients. It's not that I'm not tired at night and it's not that I don't have to finish my notes sometimes at night and I'm not grumbly at that point, but I am so privileged. I mean, honestly, I mean, this is a big world and I get to come to work every day. I get to have food. I get to have shelter. I get to have warmth. I get to have clothing that I want. I'm, I'm, you know, I have a family that I love and loves me. And, you know, I'm so lucky and to share with others what I have. I don't know how to say that, but I really feel like if I get into that negative negativity, I try to really friendship because I do believe that I'm a much better person when I can say I'm so thankful and I want to share the goods I get with other people because I've been really privileged in terms of my life. Yeah, th thank you. So many of us have. Deb, to tap into that, do you have a daily practice or a habit of, you know, whether it's mindfulness or prayer or just gratitude or a nightly journaling thing of, I know some people write, what's one good thing that happened today? Or how do you no, keep I that attitude in the midst of chaos and frustration? So um, my same middle daughter, when she was young, she uh, she started yoga and I found it was a good thing to go with her and to kind of sit next to her. And and um, I do do yoga. I like yoga. It helps me a lot. Even if I do, I find that um, even if I do like 20 minutes, it will help me. It helps me multitask better because it gets my brain. And I've actually read some of the science of yoga. There's a great text about the science of yoga. There's no scientific evidence for why it's useful. It's all in the mind. It's all in the brain. And so I, I know that it helps me. I'm terrible at it, but I just like to do it to kind of get myself to be in a better frame set. I don't do it as much as I'd like to. I wish I could do it more. And I walk outside a lot and I encourage my patients. And I really try to have a commitment 
what I ask my patients to do, I try to do myself. So honestly, in the office, sometimes we will, I have this little um, meditation app that lasts five minutes, how to meditate in a moment by the same guy who does the happy psychology. And we'll do it together with the door closed just to teach him how to do it. So I, and I try to do it myself. I try to walk more because if I'm asking you to do it, I want to do it. If I'm asking you to eat one way, I should be doing the same exact thing myself. And so I try to model it and I try to do it because also then I know that like, wow, broccoli is way more expensive than going to McDonald's, you know? And I, I know that and I can share that with them and what tips I learned to kind of help them with it. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Cause I think whatever those daily habits are, having a habit to refresh your soul um, is I think a key thing. And, and as you pointed out, something as simple as walking outside and making your senses aware of the birds and the sounds and the colors and the smells is, is just be, being present is so beautiful. Uh, so Deb, you know, the, the award again is just breathtaking to think you had a hundred percent of patients give you that top score. Uh, again, you're, you're clearly doing something special. So what advice would you have for other clinicians for us if we wanted to make the way you practice or the way your patients feel the norm across all of UH, uh, how could we do that? Wow. Um, or how could we spread this joy and gratitude and the way you love your patients to others, perhaps? I think it comes back to you, Peter. I think the more you put out for people, the more you feel coming back to you. And so I don't know how to say that, but it, I really feel, and I know it's hokey, but it's genuine. I really do care about my patients. I'm, you know, I just had somebody who was diagnosed with breast cancer and I've known her for, you know, a while, but it didn't matter if I'd met her yesterday. It breaks my heart and I want to make sure I do everything I can to make sure she gets the best care. And I pick out her doctors and I make sure she gets in quickly and she knows how to reach me and she knows how to talk to me. But she is wonderful. Like talking to her brings me joy. She just has such positive attitude. So I think, I, I don't know if I can kind of how to be genuine and how to say that, yeah, really listen and um, really see if you can make small changes, but really help people where they're at and, and, and so that you can make a difference from where they're at. Don't feel like you have to change the, move the moon and the earth and the stars, but kind of meeting them where they're at and trying to kind of give them something for that moment, I think is really critical. Wow. Well, Dr. Leisman, this has just been such a joy and an honor and congratulations. And if I could think of someone who exemplifies that the secret of quality is love uh, with that energy that uplifts and connects, it's you. So uh, congrats. And we will certainly hope we could spread and infect this way of uh, caring and living to others. So thank you. Well, thanks to everybody. I didn't do it for an award, but I feel really privileged to get it. And I guess I should thank all my patients because they're really, <laughs> they're really fabulous. Huh? <laughs> and your daughters. Yeah, they're my daughters too, because they helped me too. <laughs> all right. I'm Peter Pronovost and we're working to leverage the power of love within and between people to radically transform health and healthcare.